consider the whole thing to be one of the most fascinating failed experiments in, in loyalty program history. For us, blockchain as an infrastructure has much more importance and much more use cases than uh, crypto. I mean, and airlines, they, I just don't think crypto is for them and I don't think it's ever going to work. But I think there are certain use cases where it could fly, really could. Hi, I'm Ian Pringle and this is the Loyalty Podcast from New World Loyalty. We help you make the most of your loyalty strategies by listening to us talk about what we like to talk about most, which is loyalty and loyalty programs. In this podcast, we hope to explain blockchain and cryptocurrency and how this technology can be applied effectively to loyalty and loyalty programs. To help me with this, I'm joined by two of the world's leading experts in blockchain loyalty and our very own Stuart Dennis. So today, welcome to Philip Schelfer, the author of Blockchain Loyalty. Hi, Philip. Hi, Ian. How are you today? Good. Very well, thanks. And Gabrielle Ginkola from Kibi. Hi, Gabrielle. Hi, Ian. It's a pleasure to be here. Brilliant. And our very own Stuart Dennis. How are you doing, Stuart? Yeah. Hi, Ian. Hi, listeners. Very well, thanks. Good, good. good. Welcome back. So to get started tonight, can we each give a quick introduction to ourselves and uh, your blockchain experience. So, um, Philip, would you like to kick us off on that one? Sure, yeah. So I got really excited about uh, the use of blockchain in loyalty uh, back in 2017. Um, I saw a company uh, in Australia who had launched a, a cryptocurrency uh, as an alternative to earning loyalty points uh, called Incent. And I met with the, uh, the uh, owner of the business and I just love the idea of a new type of loyalty currency that could increase and decrease in value uh, based on uh, people earning and redeeming it. And uh, yeah, just really got the bug. Uh, I then wrote an, a first uh, book on blockchain loyalty. Uh, I ran a research project at the University of New South Wales where we provided students with ether uh, for transacting at uh, the on-campus retailers. And the book was out of date uh, after about six months. So I wrote a second version. Um, that is now is way out of date. I need to write the third version, but I just need to find the time. Uh, but I've also uh, I've, I've looked at the the industry both in terms of uh, cryptocurrency powered loyalty programs, but also where I think there's probably a much better use case uh, using blockchain in the back end um, in order to uh, power you know much better quality transactions. Perfect. And uh, Gabrielle. Um, so my experience uh, comes from uh, from our own startup. I'm the CEO and co-founder of uh, Kiwi, and uh, also started in 2017. We come from uh, from a loyalty background. Had our own uh, multi-partner, multi-activity loyalty program in Switzerland. Um, saw what it means to to basically build and manage a loyalty program, um, and uh, and saw the potential in blockchain. Um, at the same time as as Phil, um, I said in 2017 and. From there, literally started just to jump into the technology and just test out a few different uh, use cases, um, tested out what you can do with crypto and loyalty, what can what can you do with blockchain and loyalty, and still learning. So um, uh, it's something that it's super early stage, and uh, there are still so many use cases that you have to test uh, that that you, that we have to learn and see what is the data, um, and uh, I think depending on on. What brands want to do, we saw completely different uh, uses of, uh, of uh, blockchain and crypto. So still very excited uh, of what is coming. Brilliant, brilliant. And, uh, and how about you, Stuart? Yeah, so Ian, I think probably a little bit like yourself, I um, 
I've seen a lot of uh, crypto-based loyalty programs kind of proliferate over the last few years. Most of those were trying to use crypto and ICOs as a way to raise capital for the business. None of them had scale and they didn't, you know, weren't really very successful and probably put a bad name in the industry around crypto and, and the use of blockchain in particular, uh, which, is, which is some good underpinning technology. I also spent a bit of time as a CFO of a fintech here in Australia that were using blockchain uh, basically as the underpinning database. So I've seen the capability of blockchain. Uh, I'm skeptical on um, you know, crypto as, a, as, as an alternative currency to points to cash, um, but I'm skeptical on the uh, capital raising capability through ICOs and that. So um, yeah, let's... Uh, I'll see how the conversation goes, but I've probably got a little bit more of a black hat on the way that crypto has been used as a currency, as an alternative to points or miles or, or anything else. But, you know, um, have seen the capability of blockchain uh, as, as a uh, underpinning technology for um, enabling the system of, of loyalty. No, good, good, good. Well, at least you're the, the voice of reason then, as usual, Stuart, there you are. <laughs> I mean, my experience is I've, I've, I've worked for a number of startups in, in an advisory capacity on exchange type programs so looking at exchange as a technology and looking at infrastructure for you, to your point philip um about how we can how we can use blockchain to help solve some of the infrastructure problems that block that, that that programs have had up till now and i've also worked on project uh, a startup looking at can it be the underlying technology around a coalition program so i've looked at various program startups but I'd, I'd safe, think it's safe to say that none of them have actually broken cover yet. So um, I've, I've, I've been around a bit and um, hopefully that will be useful to the conversation. So getting us started tonight, how does blockchain and cryptocurrency work and how, this, how can this be applied to loyalty? So, um, Philip, you, given that you've written the book, could you, could you give that? You must have been apt to ask that question several times. So could you hit that one on the, that nail on the head? Uh, sure. So, yeah, the 25 words or less education on, on blockchain. Um, if you think about a, a bank, if I want to send some money uh, to Stuart, um, then I need to uh, do a transaction through my bank and then the bank sends the money to Stuart, which means that the bank is effectively in control uh, of my money. Uh, with blockchain, it's, it's a, a different thing. There's an algorithm that is run uh, by thousands and thousands uh, of computers, but there's no central authority who controls that. So if I want to send the, the money to Stuart, uh, a transaction is written uh, as part of that algorithm uh, and the money gets to Stuart, uh, but, but uh, there's no one who actually has uh, you know, any, any control over of that, tr that transaction. Uh, so it's a decentralized transaction, which is something uh, absolutely revolutionary. Uh, in, in the finance world. As part of that, uh, I, I'm sitting on top of uh, that basic blockchain transaction um, is the ability for uh, uh, individuals and companies to create uh, a new type of digital currency, uh, or in other words, a cryptocurrency. Uh, and there's thousands and thousands of those. Bitcoin, uh, of course, is the first one and, and still the king, uh, but there's many others as well. And uh, specific to loyalty, uh, what some companies have done is taken, uh, created their own cryptocurrencies and used that uh, as an alternative to providing members with loyalty points. Perfect. And would you add anything to that, Gabriel? I think that uh, Phil explained it perfectly, uh, what, what it means. Uh, 
uh, what blockchain means uh if you ask me i would go too much in, into detail so it's it's better to leave it that feels uh that feels uh explanation and so what are the are there any common problems then within the the existing loyalty infrastructure that this can help do better than the existing technologies what are some of the examples of that then what we saw, uh, or let's say what we what we do actively and where we see a, a big opportunity is, uh, and Phil also quickly mentioned it, to actually use blockchain as an infrastructure layer. Um, and basically, instead of, let's say, using um, a token to create a cryptocurrency, you actually create a token to um, uh, represent the point, the mile, whatever reward you actually want to give your customers. And, and if you think uh, how big frequent flyer program works, how hotel program works, um, with all the amount of partners that they have and, and the amount of databases that basically have to reconciliate with each other, um, using blockchain technology to create a decentralized ledger that everyone can look at and nobody can, at the end of the day, manipulate, um, that, that's where we see the honestly the biggest power of blockchain um because it's it's fairly fit for exactly those kinds of transactions um with crypto uh, i mean we saw a few different uh we saw a few different use cases there um we also tried a few different use cases there we have the feeling that you have to find the right brands that are crazy enough um to actually try out what it means when a point goes up and down because uh, it's for your accounting a completely different story. Uh, it's for your program management a completely different story. So uh, I don't. I think it's super early that we can talk to big programs and they actually start adopting that kind of uh, that kind of mentality with uh, towards points uh, because of course it would it would take a lot of control away from from the program owners and put it completely into into the consumers' uh, hands. And I think that. It could go there, but there are a few steps in between that have to happen um, until until we see that. Because that's what I loved about the case study you did, Philip, about the the in Australia, where people were checking their balances five times a day to check what their balance is because it's going up and down. Yet, um, imagine Stuart having a conversation with American Express to tell you that what you owe them is going up and up and down five times a day. They would b- freak out. But I think they're both relevant use cases because. You know, students checking their balance five times a day is a great use case. Yeah, I think, yeah, so uh, the we ran a, a uh, research project at the University of New South Wales uh, in conjunction with the School of uh, Engineering and Computer Science, where we provided, uh, well, we rewarded members uh, uh, for purchasing from on-campus retailers. And we saw a lot of interest in that and people were, uh, quite obsessively uh, checking how much ether that they had in their wallet, but also what the value of that was at any one time. I think the timing of it was interesting. It was just before uh, the 2017 uh, bull market. Uh, so people were earning ether and I think it uh, increased by about four or five times uh, off the back of that. Uh, so it was it was definitely when there was a lot of hype uh, in the cycle. But I think the really interesting thing about cryptocurrencies is a lot of people are very passionate about it. People become very obsessed about it. It, it really is the the stock market on steroids. And you know we're we're just coming off the back of a, a bull market right now, and you can see how crazily obsessed um, people get about it. Uh, and so that's where we got really excited uh, about the potential for cryptocurrency powered loyalty programs. Uh, and I, you know, I, I uh, wrote uh, two books about it. I wrote a lot of um, blog articles about it. Uh, and 
um, just thought it as something amazing and new and, and fresh and, and quite revolutionary. What I didn't consider was that bull markets are also uh, eventually turn into bear markets. And so we, we saw a lot of companies that raised a lot of money via ICOs. So some of the companies we were talking to and, and working with had raised in excess of 10 million US um, in, in a, a couple of months uh, in order to build out their loyalty program and started to get some good traction, uh, got members on board, got merchants on board, uh, people were transacting and earning points. But as soon as the bear market came and the, the value of the cryptocurrency crashed by 90% plus, just, uh, just wiped their program out. So I, I consider the whole thing to be one of the most fascinating failed experiments in, in loyalty program history. I was going to say, I totally agree, Phil. I think during that time, I probably had at least half a dozen um, companies out of um, you know Florida, Miami in the US, all approached me looking to be an advisor on an ICO, uh, looking to raise money. Uh, and to pick up what Gabrielle said, as an accountant, I really don't get how um, you know consumers will benefit from the movement. Um, the program and the financial managers within the program you know, cannot control that currency. And um, I think that's what loyalty with points has largely been successful around, you know, controlling the, the cost relative to the value um, that someone gets. And, uh, and that drives behavior. When you can't control that lever, you can't control the behavior uh, from the individual. And, um, and so, um, you know, a student checking their points balance five times in a day is really interesting. Um, but changing their behavior to shop in a certain way with you as a retailer. Um, if the points are going up, the value is going up of the crypto, they're more likely to spend more, I guess. But, um, you know, I don't so, get it otherwise. And I had a similar experience where I was looking for adv advisors at the time who were going for a, 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 a currency which could vary in value, but they eventually pinned it. Do we, are we kind of saying on this call that? that currencies that change in value are probably dead then? I, I, I think so, and I, I did a program recently for a points program globally for a, a travel group, and um, we pinned it to the US dollar. Uh, I've talked with another group who are pinned to gold. So I think, I think you're right. I think um, programs are probably headed towards pinning to a certain, um, you know, non-crypto value and um, and trying to control that so they can control um, the pricing lever, which can control, you know, behaviours and, and how people interact within their program. What do you, what do you guys think? Yes, I'd, I'd uh, disagree with that one. Um, I think uh, certainly uh, startups that are creating their own crypto key uh, and, and uh, running an ICO and then trying to start a program out of that, uh, definitely. I think that that model has been proven to be very, very difficult. However, uh, there is a lot of uh, cryptocurrencies out there that are um, incredibly popular. And there is companies that have built uh, a, a loyalty program uh, off the back of that. So if you think of lolly.com in the US where um, their members earn Bitcoin, uh, if you think of Bitcoin rewards in Australia where members are earning Bitcoin cash, um, they're actually getting some some really good traction and, and continue to grow um, through the bear market. So my, my theory is this, if you think about um, the big uh, coalition loyalty programs around the world, um, they've, they're successful uh, because they've been able to develop a 
loyalty currency um, that people will go out of their way to accumulate more, right? So if you think about um, uh, AA miles, Delta miles, Qantas points, whatever it might be, uh, people will change their shopping behavior to get it because they understand the value of that currency. If you think about a brand new crypto token that no one's ever heard of, it's very hard to motivate people to want to change their shopping behavior to get more of it. But if you think about uh, things like Bitcoin, uh, where uh, people are obsessively trying to stack more sats, uh, as, it, as it were, uh, that can actually be very, very motivating because uh, it's well known, uh, it's popular, there's a desire to accumulate more. And, uh, and you know, if, if you've got the right currency, you can actually uh, motivate people's behavior. The other uh, case where we've seen a, a really good uh, use of, of uh, cryptocurrencies to um, motivate people to behave in certain ways is on the exchanges themselves. Uh, so, uh, you know, things like uh, Binance Coin, um, FTT uh, on, on, on FTX exchange, uh, where the, the exchanges are rewarding people uh, with the, the cryptocurrency for different types of trading behavior uh, have, have been incredibly successful as well. So I think that the use case is definitely there, but it needs to be a, a desirable currency that, that people are actually wanting to get more of, uh, and then, then it can work. I think that's maybe part of the conversation here. The, the currency's got to be really tradable and, and enter everyday use. You know, until crypto gets legitimized um, to that extent, and, and I, from a loyalty program, I need to be able to build out partnerships. You know, it's been proven in the last uh, you know eighteen months through the pandemic that the big loyalty programs have relied on their financial services partnerships, i.e., credit cards, to support the business and, and generate that external cash flow uh, through the pandemic. Till me as a consumer, I, I can get, um, you know, or, or have that everyday use of that currency um, in my supermarket shopping at my pharmacy with my telco, with my gas provider, with you know, every every single different retailer I interact with. I, I guess there's probably less of a, a likelihood of success. It it becomes a, a more of a closed loop, smaller program. What you said, sure, with the tradability, or let's say, how can I use the the loyalty currency itself? We believe that it's all about liquidity. And so, if you think about the, the different models that we just discussed, um, uh, the first one that use a to let's say use a cryptocurrency for your points is for your loyalty program. The main issue, from my point of view, with that is that. Um, and, and you see that on in the token valuations, people basically get the token. Their first incentive is to spend the token or exchange the token for BTC or for Ether or whatever it is. So you basically never get to the point where enough people are demanding that token because on the other side, you have so many people actually um, liquidating the token. So there is a lot of and we saw that with, with with a few different with a few different tokens it's super difficult to actually create value in that um the other one is if you use and what you said with lolly there i completely agree because if you use btc as a reward of course you give a, a very very high liquidity because it's for a lot of people it's near to the usd they can exchange it pretty fast so for them it's a super high liquidity basically it's a cash back with bitcoins um, where you can also um, actually increase the liquidity. And that's what we 
try to achieve uh, and, and where we see the vision or let's say the future of, of loyalty is actually to make these rewards tradable. So if you can tokenize more and more rewards on the same chain, what you actually can do is you can enable con consumers to selectively exchange rewards with those brands that make sense for you. And that's what we see with some of our customers like Louis Erard, Swiss luxury watchmaker that lets um, his customers or, or <clears throat> their customers basically choose between their own points or miles from miles and more Etihad gas. So that either you're a collector and you basically choose the points from the same watchmaker. Or if you say, I need the next watch three year, in three years, you rather take the miles. But you had a positive relationship to that brand um, and 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 you will remember that for the next time and you will reuse the loyalty program. So that's what we believe. If you increase liquidity through more choice, um, you will automatically push engagement. And it doesn't have to be give cash, give Bitcoins. And in those cases, are you, ex are you using blockchain as a means of exchanging currency from one value to another? Correct, but yeah. without 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 the crypto changing a value of the program. Correct. Right? Yeah. Basically, just literally just using blockchain as the infrastructure, token you tokenize all the rewards and and then make them ex making them exchangeable. It's fairly easy and everybody wins because for everybody it's a certain value. You get, if I give you my miles, I have a certain value out of it. Um, and on the other side, if I can give my consumers, uh, literally with a click, um, thousands of options, um, that's super valuable for for me and my consumers. So. Um, we believe that's why I said like for us, blockchain as an infrastructure has much more importance and much more use cases than uh, crypto. I mean, we ourselves have a token, so we know what it means to create a token, to make a token sale, uh, what it means to have it on an exchange and so on. Our token is being used to power the blockchain. So if you want to trigger a transaction on our blockchain, you need to have our token. So it's a bit the same as with the gas fee. And, and a lot of people also there don't really know what it why why are there actually tokens like why is there an ethereum a lot of people don't know it's just because you don't want to have a bank in between so it wouldn't make sense that if i want to send a transaction on the blockchain i send you money and the, and the network is paid with money because then again you would have a middleman in between so that's why you have a specific token that has a certain exchangeability on a certain market but um it's super super difficult to create a cryptocurrency for your loyalty program that will have that substantial value because it's really being uh, not just traded from one wallet to the other, let's say bought, <clears throat> sorry, bought and sold um, pretty fast. I, I was just going to um, ask uh, Gabriella. So uh, uh, back in the day, one of the really big use cases that um, everyone was talking about uh, for, for blockchain in, in loyalty programs was um, interchangeability of different loyalty currencies. So. Um, a lot of people raised a lot of money off, off this argument, which was that um, consumers are frustrated and, uh, and uh, companies have, uh, you know, uh, um, all these uh, um, ledger issues and, and uh, uh, you know, deferred revenue challenges. And because people have small amounts of uh, points and miles in lots of these different accounts and blockchain is going to solve it all uh, by linking up all of these different programs. Um, so everyone can transfer all of their small points balances into a centralized currency and and uh, and then spend that. Um, we we always um, doubted that because having uh, worked a lot with different loyalty programs, um, we've seen that uh, programs actually don't really like to have their points spent outside of their ecosystem because it's it's money leaving the business. But did you ever see any instances of of where companies did get some traction 
with that model at all? I would say that we got some traction. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, I, I look at the end of the day, I think it's a lot about, I mean, we had to fail a lot of times and get a lot of customer feedbacks, very straightforward customer weeks feedbacks where we got to the point where we, okay, this is the game. And now we got how, how we actually have to model it. And, um, it's, it's, so I agree with you. I don't believe in one central currency. There we're fully in line. What we believe in is the exchange of rewards between loyalty programs. So, and it's clear as a consumer, I use different loyalty programs because I have different needs. And if these brands match with each other and I actually can have as a, as a, as a user, the ability to, um, let's say, be able to distribute my purchasing power between all these loyalty programs, however I prefer and however I need in a certain timing, because that's the difficult part to hit for every single loyalty program. Hit the right timing where I need the right redemption. Yeah, it goes to the fact, you know, there's some research from a few years ago that households in the US are, have 29 different yeah. loyalty programs and are active in 18 and so Correct. to to your points, you know, people have got points in all these small programs, some sort of rewards, and they'd love to uh, to shift them and, and move them, you know. But to Phil's point, programs don't want to do that because it's cash out. So no, no, but they uh, want to do it. So it depends. So let's let's take two different programs, okay? Or let's say we categorize program in two different buckets. You have programs that. How, how should I say that very diplomatically? They know how no, to do well, loyalty. They, 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 <laughs> they know how to do this point of view. Yeah, and they know how to monetize a loyalty program. Let's say there are loyalty programs, they know how to monetize them. And there are brands that use loyalty to, they, they see it only on the, on the P&L side, on the cost side, because they invest money so that their customers are being more engaged and so on. Now, if you understand how these both the both parties work and you can actually let's say align these incentives you actually get to the point where there are brands on the one side that say you know what for me it's super difficult to actually build a nice redemption site so you know what i'm super happy if my points are exchangeable to miles for example because on the other side i have thousands of redemption options and i'm happy to actually um, monet, let's say, pay for that transaction. Let's call it like that. So in that moment, everybody's happy because I get more redemption options. Um, on the other side, I get more value for, for my miles. Um, and the spend part, of course, that's always, let's say that's a pain for the bigger programs, for most of the bigger programs. So we know that. And so we don't touch that side yet, but we know that they have another side that they really like and there we can help them. And if you can align those two incentives, um, and there are thousands of loyalty programs that don't monetize their loyalty program. So they are, they, they just want to have more redemption options because otherwise they just keep losing customers. I mean, they spend so much money for their programs for getting more members on board. And then on the other side, you just see your customers leaving from, from the program because they're not happy about the redemption side. That, that's, that can't be the, that can't be the, the future of loyalty. But I think on that, Gabby, I mean, I mean, points.com has, has, has existed for 20 years and, and they, they've done uh, buy, gift, transfer, but transfer has always been a quite a sm small part of the business, but it has existed. But I think to your, I mean, Stuart, we think back our times, times in frequent flyers. Um, I've managed, you know, programs with, with hundreds of partners and, and I don't think I've ever sat at one side of a table with the, with the account manager from the other side of the table and agreed on how much money I owe them. No, exactly. And that's, that's the interesting point. I think there's, there's a couple of aspects here. And, and so I think 
Airlines and the travel industry are a little bit unusual. They've got GDS technology that are systems out of the 1960s that have just evolved and they, they kind of have this little nice, it's not a monopoly, but a little nice, you know, oligopoly around what happens in the airline and travel industry. Loyalty systems have been around since loyalty programs existed back in the, the 80s and 90s and Largely, they were built on that 1990s technology of SFTP settlements. You know, you upload a CSV file, the system consumes it, and away you go. Now, that hasn't changed in 30 years. And uh, until till we, we sort of start talking now about uh, blockchain as an infrastructure layer. And, um, and so a lot of these big airlines and big providers are sort of trapped into the old model. We're starting to see a few challenger systems, but to what Gabrielle's examples are really hitting on is a lot of the, uh, I guess, um, innovation is coming out of smaller, uh, you know, probably retail focused industry as, as vertical, um, and is now starting to make its way through. And, and, you know, I think we're seeing challenger loyalty systems, um, like, um, Loyal, uh, who's one that I'm aware of that, uh, are starting to, Enter the travel space and challenge some of this old, you know, 1990s, you know, and, and GDS based um, transactional software. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And for, for me, that's probably the best use case uh, for, for blockchain in loyalty that I've heard. So um, I was doing some work with Loyal. Uh, um, they went into administration um, last year, but they've been uh, bought out by a, um, a Middle Eastern company and, and uh, in the process of being revitalized. Uh, but yeah, they were talking with uh, um, uh, uh, Star Alliance and, and I believe One World. Uh, and I know AWS um, is working with other blockchain companies uh, about um, doing the same thing as well. And, and really, the vision there is that uh, that uh, if you've got, say, I don't know how many is in Star Alliance, 21, 23 different partner airlines, and each of them has different rules uh, for when members earn and redeem uh, on the partner airlines. Uh, and uh, back-end, very clunky, very antiquated uh, settlement processes. Uh, uh, to have that all solved by linking all of the loyalty platforms uh, with a single uh, blockchain layer, um, setting up uh, all of the settlement rules via smart contract. So if a member of Qantas uh, uh, flies on Emirates uh, and, uh, and those, those uh, the loyalty uh, platforms are connected, then rather than having to do that uh, manual settlement in the back end uh, and the member gets their points uh, in uh, you know a month or two months, um, as soon as they land, uh, the points are credited to their account, uh, the settlement uh, automatically happens uh, in real time. Uh, there's no need for any uh, um, large admin team uh, in order to do any of the reconciliation or anything. Uh, and that, that's happening at scale, cross-border, uh, doing currency uh, adjustments and everything, uh, saving the airlines a ton of time and in, in increasing the uh, the customer experience by giving them uh, real-time earn, uh, less uh, missing points, uh, all that sort of stuff. So I think that it also coming... deals with all the edge cases. Yeah. It also deals with all the edge cases yeah. like um, like but different bilaterals that airlines have. I mean, there's yeah. hundreds of different things. And, and and before everyone starts thinking we've gone down another airline route, um, that's the same for retail programs as well, because retail programs have all these issues about about exclusivities. And can I, if I earn points there, could they be spent there? 
and whereas actually a smart contract can sort that out because it, it, it works it, it can work on the history of a point can't it yep absolutely so not not only are you um keeping a, a really good quality ledger of points that are earned burned and, and expire but you can actually track the in an, an individual point and the life of that point um, so it can be um, super accurate uh, in that sense. So the latest rumor that I've heard is that uh, AWS uh, is working with the blockchain company to um, integrate that, um, you know, within within their system, uh, so that uh, any of the airlines that are running their loyalty platform on AWS um, would would be able to integrate that and run that as a, a transaction layer. So I think there's some some pretty interesting. Uh, amazing blockchain stuff going on behind the scenes that most people will never hear about and they'll have their transactions running on it and and be blissfully unaware all they'll see is that the their customer experience uh, improves as a result you know things like checking checking status you know sometimes so the, for me the nirvana would be i take off in edinburgh landing in london i then go up a tier i've got now gold tier and then i fly on a different airline that the to doubt today can take days days weeks for for that to that to work out whereas actually blockchain it should be a quick look up single ledger happy days yeah and as an accountant this is where i see the capability of blockchain as a distributed ledger um, to start to support that coalition type of model where you know you know phil mentioned star alliance and one world they're, they're basically coalitions just within the airline space uh, but if you think about coalitions expanding out into retail partners, every, everyday earn and, and burn opportunities, and you know um, even the recognition of status, you know I you know I keep saying to people I'd love to have my platinum status recognised at the supermarket where there was a fast lane at the supermarket for me to to get through uh, without having to line up behind everyone else at the self serve. Um, so um, you know that the, the capability of blockchain to Distribute all that information across multiple different partners. I think could be a big game changer as people start to to recognise this capability. So, where do we think we're going to be in five years' time? Then, where do you think where do you think we're going? How how will the world look differently? Um, Gabriel, would you like to kick us off on that one? I mean, I, I would quote Phil because he he said it perfectly. Um, uh, people will use loyalty programs; they will have uh, super increased uh, experience, but they don't know they won't know that everything in the background will be blockchain. Um, so, in, in in that vision, that's that's exactly the vision that we believe in. Um, that blockchain will basically power all these loyalty programs, and consumers won't be aware of it. So. Um, it will just be more efficient and, and the better user experience. How it will look with crypto? That's another that that's another question. Maybe for another session. <laughs> I, I still think there's there's a use case out there, and I think we've talked about for one sure. or two where yeah. where I've been a bit disappointed when my clients haven't explored it more more in more detail than I think it probably deserved because I think there's certain clients it would work really well for. It's just that banking clients and traditional coalitions and and airlines, they, I just don't think crypto is for them and I don't think it's ever going to work. But I think there are certain use cases where it could fly, really could. Yeah, I think um, the proliferation of the e-wallets, everyone's got a wallet in their, their apps these days. So I think um, as the user experience improves, the use of wallets improves and they're built into most loyalty programs, I think you know I'm going to have one wallet 
um, that basically allows me to transact between Aussie dollars, US dollars, pounds, whatever foreign currency I want to. I can transact between my you know, uh, Virgin points, my Qantas points, my BA points, my Avios, whatever, whatever I might want to do. And I can also pick to transact between all of my different cryptos. So, um, so I think, um, you know, I think the exchange of that is going to be powered by blockchain and someone who's smart in using it. And I can see as, as you were sort of outlining in, the immediacy and accuracy of, of blockchain in distributing information really makes some big improvements in the um, transactional real time, which can contribute to user experiences in customer journeys. But I think we've just got to build out what those experiences in the customer journey, those elements are going to be. Um, you know, me getting my platinum status recognition at the supermarket is, is the one that I'd love. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that, well, just leads me to say thank you very much to our guests tonight. So thank you very much, Philip Shelton. Thanks, Ian. And thanks, Gabrielle Ginkola. Thank you very much, Ian. And thanks, Stuart Dennis. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, everyone. And thank you from me. And if you, um, if you like this podcast, please like, share and comment using the hashtag loyalty podcast. And thank you much for listening and uh, goodbye.